0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Pope John 23rd, whom our church just recently canonized as a saint, was asked towards the end of his papacy, what was the single most thing that the Catholic Church needed to emphasize? He said the Holy Spirit. Now it's very interesting. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity, a gift given to us at the time of our baptism, conferred upon us at confirmation. In fact, in just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate the Feast of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And yet, I would say, of all the three persons of the Holy Trinity, it's the Holy Spirit that we speak least about. But we should speak a lot about the Holy Spirit because it is living, not just in our church, but inside of ourselves, helping us to be the strong Catholics that we are. Now, I want to devote this entire homily to the Holy Spirit, primarily because all three of the readings for this weekend speak to us about the Holy Spirit, which is very unusual. Go to the first reading. Here we have Philip. He travels to Samaria. And he's able to successfully evangelize many of the people in the area. Now, what we don't hear is why Philip traveled to Samaria. If you go into the Bible, in the paragraph or two right before the passage that we heard from this Sunday in Acts of the Apostles, there's a great persecution that's occurring. And it is led by a person named Saul. And we all know who that is Saul. Right now, he's leading the great persecution. In Acts of the Apostles, it says that Saul is breathing murderous threats against the Christians. He's literally breaking into houses and homes of Christians, dragging men, women, and even children off to jail and chains to be executed for what we practice today, our faith and the mass. And so, Paul is leading this great persecution. So, what's happening is many of the Christians in Jerusalem are fleeing, including Philip himself. That's why he travels to Samaria. Now, it seems like from this great calamity, it turns out to be a great success. Here's the first spiritual lesson we can take from this. Don't be too quick to judge something to be a disaster, because we don't know what God is making possible for us. What is a disaster in our eyes or in the eyes of Philip, the great persecution in Jerusalem, can be considered a success. In the eyes of God, which is Philip going to Samaria and evangelizing the people. Now, it says in the first reading, Philip boldly proclaimed Christ as Lord. Well, we see the Holy Spirit now working through Philip, but also through these people of Samaria. They've opened their heart, their mind, and their soul, and they welcomed everything that Philip has preached to them. Here's the first mark of the Holy Spirit, the prompting of bold speech. The Holy Spirit prompts people to call Jesus Lord and then to live our lives according to that. Paul writes in Colossians, no one can call Jesus Lord except through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit compels us for bold speech such that we can honestly say to our family, to our neighbors, our co-workers, there is one Lord in my life and it is Jesus Christ. And he is to whom my life is ordered too. And so, the first definitive sign of the Holy Spirit working in and through us is that we can boldly proclaim that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Now, the people of Samaritan are attracted to Philip just because he boldly speaks about Jesus Christ being Lord. But also, he's able to perform miracles and miracles of healing. The second mark of the Holy Spirit is just that, healing, healing. Now, that may seem strange to you when you hear that, but the Holy Spirit allows people to perform miracles through healing. And yet, our scientific and empirical culture seems hard to believe. In fact, they want to try and explain away miracles. But throughout the centuries, our church has exercised the charism of healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. You ask any doctor or nurse, and they will tell you, that in many cases they've witnessed miracles of healing, that they have had or seen patients that for all intents and purposes should have died because they were overwhelmed with their illnesses. But for some reason, after a prayerful event with family or friends, the patient miraculously recovers and the doctors can't explain it. Well, that's the miracle of healing. If you look, Jesus was able to heal, the apostles, Philip in the first reading was able to heal. If you look at some saints throughout the centuries, they too were gifted with the ability to heal. Just look at Lourdes in France. It's great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's so many medical miracles of healing that are attributed to, to Lourdes. And the church has investigated all of them and has declared that they truly are miracles. And yet our culture and our society, they don't want to accept that or believe in it. Why? Because it requires faith. Reminds me of the story of Jesus when he goes home to his town of Nazareth. It says he was able to perform very few miracles there because of their lack of faith. Well, we must have faith too. The Holy Spirit performs miracles of healing. Now, the next or the third mark of the Holy Spirit, joy. Joy. Again, go back into the first reading. Philip boldly proclaims Jesus Christ as Lord. He performs miracles of healing. And then it says, there was great joy in that city. Well, joy is a sign of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Great example of this, Mother Teresa. I've read two biographies about her. And the one common characteristic about Mother Teresa that everyone notices, her perpetual smile. Now, her life was hard. Her mission was challenging. She went into the worst slums in all of the world and she took care of the poor and the dying and the sick. And yet she always had a smile on her face. In my office, there's a picture of Mother Teresa holding a baby and they're both looking at each other and smiling. Well, joy is a definitive characteristic of the Holy Spirit, not a silly giddiness. No, it's the inward peace that we feel that the Holy Spirit gives us. And see, then it radiates out in the form of joy. Look at Cardinal Dolan of New York. He's always have a smile on his face, always upbeat. Well, that's the mark of the Holy Spirit. You know, Cardinal Dolan feels that inner peace of the Holy Spirit residing with inside of him. Therefore, it radiates joy for him. Therefore, another mark of the Holy Spirit, joy. A fourth mark of the Holy Spirit, to explain the faith, even defend it. Now turn to the second reading from Peter. Peter says, Always be ready to give an explanation of the faith to anyone who asks for you, for a reason for your hope, but do it with gentleness and reverence. Well, we have to be ready to explain the faith, even defend it. Apologetics. It comes from the Latin word apologio, which means to defend. Our faith should be one in which we are comfortable speaking about it and, if need be, defending it. But then, again, it's difficult in our culture. Our culture says what? Religion is your own personal private business, but don't bring it in to me or talk to me about it. Well, that's so prevalent in our society, isn't it? But if we truly accept that and believe that, then we're going to lose the capacity to explain our faith. A good question we have to ask ourselves, do I feel that I have the ability and the confidence to explain my faith, whether at the dinner table with my family or across the fence with the neighbor, and even defend my faith if challenged? Again, a marker of the Holy Spirit is the ability to defend the faith. And see, that's what our evangelization is all about. Our parishes have taken this on, starting in the fall of last year. The main purpose or the emphasis, to grow in the knowledge of our faith, and then look at opportunities to live it out. And we've done just that. The people in our parish, we had a guest speaker come in for several evenings, and during his discussions, we had broke out into small groups where people were able to explain their faith to one another. At Christmas time, we handed out the free books from Matthew Kelly, and then Book clubs started. Small groups of people got together, not just to study the book, but to explain the faith to each other. And see, that's a mark of the Holy Spirit residing within our parishes. The final mark of the Holy Spirit, love. Love. The deepest sign of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is our ability to love one another. Now turn to the gospel. Jesus tells his apostles, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Holy Spirit of truth. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Now again, don't make the mistake of thinking about love as some romantic or emotional desire. It's not. When you hear love in the Bible, it means to will the good of another. And we can Even perfect strangers Say, for example, you're at the grocery store waiting to check out. There's a person in front of you, perfect stranger. Well, you can love that person. You can will the best of everything for that person. You can say to them, I will the best life, the best marriage, the best career, the best health, and I will pray for you and I will counsel you and I'll do whatever I can to make sure that you have the best of everything. Well, you just love that person you will the good for them. And so, our ability to love one another is a great mark of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. Now, realize we received the Holy Spirit at the time of baptism. The second installment came at confirmation. And that's exactly what's happening at the very end of the first reading. It says that John and Peter came, and they laid hands upon the people, and the people received the Holy Spirit. Well, what are they doing? Well, they're practicing or giving the sacrament of confirmation. We continue that in our day and age. You know, the priest or the bishop, he lays hands upon people and they receive the second installment of the Holy Spirit. Now you say, okay, I get all that. I understand all that, but how do I continue to cooperate with the Holy Spirit residing with inside of me? Well, first realize that we all have been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. First at the time of baptism, and then acknowledge at confirmation. St. Thomas Aquinas once said, God never draws people into his life without first equipping them with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful statement, but so true. We have been given gifts from God, and it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have to trust and have confidence in that. The second thing we should do, pray. Pray. Pray that we come to know what those gifts are through prayerful discernment. We will come to know exactly what those gifts are and then be able to use them for the benefit of building or the edification of our faith communities. Next, examine your own natural abilities. We all have natural abilities, things that we excel at without even thinking. Or it's second nature to us. Well, whatever it is, those are your gifts you know, trust in that natural inclination to know your abilities. Say you're a teacher, you love to teach people, well, be a coach, a catechist in faith formation. Say you are a take charge person, you know, you're very organized. Well, now lead committees or things at the parish so that the parish may benefit from those gifts. Last, stay connected to the church. The church helps us to see our gifts. A lot of times we take that deep inward look and it's hard for us to see our own gifts. But the church and the people in it are sometimes able to easily see our own gifts and help us discern them. Today, we celebrate, I think, the Holy Spirit. And we should each and every day of our life. Always active, always operative. It's important for us to reread all three of these scripture readings. And then look at ourselves. See where we see the mark of the Holy Spirit in us. Do we really feel that sense of joy that the Holy Spirit gives us? Can we boldly proclaim and defend our faith? And how well are we doing with loving one another, including strangers? And see, when we do that, then we truly see and believe the Holy Spirit is working in and through us, now and always. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ Rest upon you always.